things can be horrible or horrific in their instances, but it doesn't make the world a terrible place. People I know and love are like, the world is going to shit and they're sad and they're crying. I have a lot of family members that yeah. feel that, right? I'm like, well, it's not really that bad because like right. every day I leave my house and I don't really fear that I'm going to get murdered like when I leave. That right. tells me the world's a pretty safe place. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. <laughs> and doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, mindful all of the stuff. <laughs> So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Someone left yeah. a comment somewhere. What? Uh, okay. I think on social media and say? said... What they said. I'm just more impressed that Eddie has an unlimited amount of introductions for the podcast. And I was <laughs> like, thank you so much for egging him on. That's going to ruin my life. Yeah. You know, it just comes to me. I don't even, I don't practice it. It's just, you know, the creativity, the the different ways of doing it just kind of flows through my body. You're so. lucky. I love you. <laughs> you so, just are. So very lucky. Mm -hmm. I am lucky. I have a what in the world. What's your what in the world? Tell me we, everything about it. We ordered a sign. Uh -huh. If you are watching the new and improved podcast set up from our studio space, we ordered a neon sign Yep. and switched things up a little bit. Right? It's yep. on YouTube, but the sign came. It was about 300 I don't know, $350 worth mm. shipping. It comes. We're really excited. We chose blue because it's neutral and it blends in with our walls. That's number one. Number two, we sit down to record. And if you're watching it, you can see that. It's backwards. No, yeah, it's backwards. Um, Apparently, so it's, not, it's supposed to be inverted, right? Right, and uh, we didn't notice that until we turned on the camera and we said, "Oh my God, that doesn't say that says hush." Right. Well, maybe we're saying this, but actually, our video editor might flip it just oh, for okay. the sake of the sign because so I find it mind. hard to believe that everybody <laughs> that orders a neon sign for whatever business they have that they are ordering it backwards. Like yeah, it doesn't- Yeah, probably are. There's, right? no, there's no comfort in the crowd. I'm sure there's somebody- No, I pass by stores <laughs> all the time and I see the neon signs and people are taking pictures and it looks fine. But for some reason with our camera, it's backwards. Is that magic? Well- What is that? For your phone, mm -hmm. when you use the the camera that's on your on your screen, uh -huh. yeah, it, it, it's going to like mirror. But are when you, you talking use about a the, selfie? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you use your back camera- mm -hmm. It's going to be different. It's going to look like what you see. Right. It's not going to flip it. So the camera that we're recording the podcast with, though. Is flipping it. That's but weird. I, there, there's a setting in there, but I don't know if you can do it after you've actually Well, we just hit record and we're just going to go with it. You know so what? We just say, hey, you know, perfection is not required here. My the world is, I wish that I would have <laughs> ordered a different color. But right. hey, you live, you learn, right? Right. So maybe what we'll do, I don't know. Let me figure it out. Because if we have to order an inverted sign, then this one's basically good for nothing. Right. Maybe we give it to a podcast listener. Like if you really are a pusher, <laughs> you listen to the push podcast and you like apply. I mean, we get yeah. DMs and emails and 
people leaving people reviews love all our the time. Show so much they want to get bumper stickers. You know how we feel about bumper stickers. I hate bumper stickers. <laughs> There's not a slogan, campaign, or cause in right. the world that would make me put a bumper sticker on my car. I'm over here like sucking my lips because I just had crackers. And yeah, don't is, do that, that into the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> That's not becoming. I've of gotten you. really comfortable with this audience. Uh, don't. No, don't okay. do that. So welcome to episode 152. The reason why we're going to talk about what we're talking about today is because consistent conversations that I keep hearing are the world is such a bad place. Yeah. Do you? Oh, yeah. I mean, let's let's can we run down a list of why people think that? Well, we can. But before you get into that, I we are we are definitely guilty sometimes, you know, of saying the world's of bad place. saying we're moving to Canada. We're no, moving to Canada. We're going to London. <laughs> I tell everybody we're moving. The kids and yeah. I want to move. You're just going to go wherever we tell you I'll to go. I'll go wherever we go. But I mean, but, I think things are fine. <laughs> but, you know, this is kind of like a reality check. So if you right. think that like shit's really bad, especially here in America, we had a Canadian friend come visit recently. And she said that her parents like almost didn't let her come. Be- she's a grown woman, but because they, she's Asian and she was like, uh, her mom said, are you going to get Asian hate crimed? Right. Which or is a, which is a, where you're you know, going this conference, are you going to get shot up? Right. So she said, you know, we want to know. We're concerned. Are you guys OK here in America? Yeah. No, not really. Well, to give context too, when we talk to many friends that are, are international, mm-hmm. right, one of the things that they constantly comment on is the fact that here in the United States, we don't really pay attention to other countries. Right. Right. We have this exceptionalism that we kind of like, we are the greatest, we are the best. Prosperity is everywhere, the land of opportunity. So we have all these ideas. And so we don't pay attention to anyone else. Mm-hmm. All the other, many other countries, they watch uh, our news. They watch our news. Yeah. They know what's going on. They understand what's going on in our, in our society. It, statistics show that Europeans and folks from different countries travel more than yeah. people from the United States. So less people have actual passports in the United States and any other country. That's crazy. That's crazy we talked right? about that last year we went to Greece. Like we met a bunch of people in Greece and they were like, what, you're American? You guys actually leave your country? Right. And we're like, uh, yeah. So yeah. we learned that that was a stereotype while traveling. Right, right. Um, but my aunt is married to an Italian man and he watches international news every single day. We don't watch international news. We have like, you know, KCAL TV. Like you're watching local... <laughs> Even when I you watch news, CNN, Channel you're 7. only getting yeah. the United States. It's right? only the United States. And so that's just an interesting thing. We're the only country that's not really staying abreast of what's going on actively in other countries. Obviously, we know about the Ukraine war. Right. We know about things that make the front headlines on your Apple phone. We have different access now. But I wouldn't say people on their like, you know, I don't want to say speed dial, but what is it? Like in your programmed television, right. I don't think you're watching international. And then also our coverage of like the Ukraine crisis is mostly, you know, I won't say mostly, but in many aspects, it's because, you know, we have an interest in that fight, mm-hmm. right? Whether it be our hatred for Russia or the resources that Ukraine has mm-hmm. or our ability, our influence in, in, in spreading NATO, like all those things mm-hmm. impact us. And so that's why we're watching it. Right. But there have been many, many wars in this world that we have never knew that even exist. Right. Right. Unless our national interest is at stake. Right. So this kind of- selfish as hell. Well, right? this brings up the question, like, are we living in a terrible time? Uh, and that keeps coming up, right? So yeah. someone recently said, well, you know why the world is so bad right now is because people don't believe in religion anymore. Right, right. And I just want to tell you, like, 
I can't disagree with that more. Right. I feel like now more than ever, and, and a lot of this is based on conversations with our younger children right. who are Gen Z and hearing them out. You know, they have friends who are gay. They have friends who are trans. They have friends who are, you know, parts of these different groups. And equality is very important to Gen Z. Right. And so we as parents want to support that. And they don't believe in religion because if religion is the one thing that excludes them, then they're going to say, ah, that's not for me. Yeah. And just to add more context to that. So overall, and I don't have the actual numbers, but I will tell you that all statistics show that faith and religion is declining. Mm -hmm. Attendance, attendance in, in churches, mosques, all those things. Have, not just in the U.S. Not just in the U.S. are steady uh, falling. Right. Uh, and, you know, we, we have our assumptions of why that is. Right. And, and to allude to your point is that kind of exclusionary type of mm -hmm. um, mentality that a lot of re religions kind of put out there. So right. I think that that throws off this the, the younger generation. And well, I, they're not what's about that. funny is when we moved Kayla to Scotland, which is a predominantly Catholic country, the tour guide that we were touring with was showing us all these churches that were closed down. Right. For lack of attendance, and they turned them into pubs. Yeah. They're now bars. So, like, go figure, it right? Found usage for it. So, I don't believe that we're living in terrible times because we have less religion, right? And I've read a book, and I think it's called "The Twenty One Lessons of Humankind." We'll put it in the show notes. Okay. But one of the things the author says is he says that societies in which morality, right, is held at a higher regard than religion find themselves in more peaceful and more harmonious times, mm. right? So what that means is people who decide to do things because it is the right thing to do, not because of their the standing Bible. with the Bible mm -hmm. or standing in alignment, in heaven. right? Or their access to heaven or anything like that, which I understand. Like if my neighbor is just doing something because of the kindness out of their heart, mm -hmm. and it's not because if I do this, it's like a quick pro quo. If I do this, right. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to the Holy Land, right? right. So, so that's an important thing to keep in mind because what comes with religion, and we don't have any problems with religion, no yeah. matter what you believe in, uh, your spirituality. We pray to God, just pray, for the record. Yeah. But what does happen with religion is you get divisive, mm -hmm. right? And so you have to. There's a part of it that you have to believe that other religions are wrong in order for yours to be right. Right. I, did I tell you about the time I had a friend who was very Catholic? Went to church every Sunday, you know, put her kids through Catholicism or the baptisms and stuff. And she told me one time, by the way, she was the biggest sinner I ever met in my life. And she told me, Janelle, if you don't go to church, you don't just get into the kingdom, like just because you're a good person. And I was like, wait, so they're letting you in? Like they're they're letting you in because you go to church every Sunday, but they wouldn't let me in? Right. I don't want to be a part of that heaven. Right. Like that was such a turnoff for me. And I was like, so you're telling right. me because I don't get in my car and drive somewhere every Sunday that God's going to say, you know what? You did all this great stuff. Pause on you. I was like, mm, I don't think he's picking you over me. Right. I literally told her that. Yeah. She didn't really like that, but I... <laughs> You know, that's like that was my way of kind of challenging religion. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't understand why you would get in and I wouldn't. I'm so much holier than you <laughs> without no. the holy water. Right. Yeah. So to kind of like wrap that up, like we get to these conversations where people think things are bad. Part of it, because in whatever text they're reading for the Bible, they're thinking that some of the things that are happening in this day and age is like it was 
predicted. Okay. It's part of the biblical text. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like affirmation, like, oh, we've heard that this is what's going to happen, mm -hmm. right? And so I think it makes it easier for people to say things are as bad as they've ever been. Well, I mean, just getting away from the Bible, because I don't want people to think this is about religious, right, right. right? Religion. I think, you know, we're in war. Russia's in, in a war, I can't speak, with right. Ukraine, right? We've got these mass shootings, which are horrendous 100%. everywhere. We've got, I mean, everything from the overturn of Roe versus Wade. We've got just all this stuff that's happening. What else am I missing? I mean, we've we, we, 2020, we have a pandemic. We have mm -hmm. um, social so injustice. So people literally like, think this is a terrible like We've time. had the yeah. last two and a half years have been like one thing after another mm -hmm. where I, could, I get it, yeah. right? But we think, have been right there complaining right, during and, all of that too, protesting. You have every single right to be upset, to be depressed and saddened by the things that we, we see on television. Mm -hmm. and, and it's horrible, right? And I don't think that anyone is, is minimizing. So no, no matter what we say after this section of the podcast, we're not, we minimizing, not minimizing what has happened, yeah. right? There, have, there are families that are torn apart. Yeah. There are children that will never came home, right? right? And so those things, well, these are serious things. And that they we are terrible. And they're terrible. Horrific. It, it, no matter what yeah. century we're in, it is a horrible thing if one person dies right. from something that's senseless like that. But I guess what I'm saying, what I'd like to say is like things can be horrible or horrific in their instances, but it doesn't make the world a terrible place. Right. Because right? I think of just like basic stuff, like when people I know and love are like the world is going to shit and they're sad and they're crying. I have a lot of family members that yeah. feel that. Right. I'm like, well, it's not really that bad because like right. every day I leave my house and I don't really fear that I'm going to get murdered. Like when I leave, that right. tells me the world's a pretty safe place. Right. Um, most people hold a door for you. Like I walk into the gym every day. I would say eight out of 10 times, seven out of 10 times, someone holds the door for me. That's very right. polite. I think that we don't live in a bad world because we're literally driving vehicles that weigh tons of metal. It's a metal thing. Mm -hmm. And you're only like you could easily go into my lane. There's just a painted line on right. the street that is keeping you on your side. So if the world was really you terrible, possessed, you could just take out a whole bunch it'd be of crazy. Though, right, right? right. So generally speaking, you can have a decent day. You can get through without feeling like your life is in jeopardy. Now, granted, this is not overshadowing the fact that, you know, there are school shootings and right. there are hate crimes and things like that. I guess this episode is to just say, if you have the mindset that the world is a terrible place, we want to just give you perspective because I think what we're really good at is we are Gen X, right? We have our own set of experiences based on the fact that we were both raised as latchkey right. kids, didn't have a ton of money, had to be very independent. Our kids who are Gen Z, you know, we raise them differently. They have way more privilege than we did. Right. Our parents, they're boomers. You know, they were the first generation in history where it was okay for women to be single moms. Both of us were raised by single moms, you know. Prior to that, you know, we've got the senior citizens, like our grandparents who grew up in a world where war was a thing. And, right. you know, there was so. So what I'm trying to say is every generation has their shit. Right. And we're really good at kind of like seeing all of that and seeing like we're pretty much in a way better place. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it as a whole, we are in a this is the best time to be alive in the world. Right. So we're going right? to give not you 10 the, reasons not, why. Not just in the United States, 
but in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And that is not to say the world is perfect. The world will never be perfect. Yeah. We strived for a place where we have prosperity and opportunities and all of these things. And that will come with strife. There will come with battles and, and protests and, and even sometimes war. But I will tell you, like, we'll go through some of these things that just to give you perspective. And I think this is really important to, for this. If you are living in a world that you don't have hope in, it's going to impact how you right. approach the world. Mm -hmm. How you So it's important that we have this conversation and, mm -hmm. on the Push Podcast because if you can't see that tomorrow is a better day than yesterday, right. then what's going to be your motivation? What is going to inspire you to do something great? Yep. And if you think it's hopeless, then you're probably going to fall in line and not hold the door for someone. Yeah. and and not care about the next thing that happens that's horrible. Mm -hmm. And you get numb to it because you're thinking to yourself, well, it's already going to shit. So you know what? This is just par for the course. Yep. And that is not the case. Yeah. So yeah. here are 10 reasons why shit's not as bad as it seems. <laughs> you ready? Right. So number one, we live in the most peaceful time ever. I know that that is super hard to believe right. considering we've got shootings, mass shootings, and people are dying. And it is terrible. It is horrific. We're not discrediting that. However genocides were a thing of the past, like right. mass warfare was a part of everyday life for certain generations. And based on archaeological evidence, it's believed that during early civilization, about 15% of all lives ended in murder. Can you believe that? Yes. Whereas crazy. today, the worldwide homicide rate is lower than it's ever been in ever. And just to give an example, like Italy has about 1% as many murders as it did in the 1400s. Okay. 1%. Right. Like that's a drastic decline. Yeah. So I, like I have some that says 30 years ago, the US, there were 8.5 homicides for every 100,000 Americans. Mm -hmm. So just take that number. And now what we look at is 5.3. Okay. So 5.3 homicides per every 100,000 Americans. Mm. So it's dropped drastically from 8.5 to 5.3. So people are less violent. Right. right. The problem is, is that when we get violence, it's it's shocking. It's all over and it's pervasive from a standpoint that we have social media now, because I can tell you back in the 80s when you only had 12 channels, if something happened in New York that was horrible, you probably wouldn't even know about it. Right. But now everything's in your face. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's crazy. OK, number two, people. There, I don't. I want to be careful how I say this. I don't want to say that oh, equality is like we've arrived because that's not true. But women have more rights than ever. So we're the most equal. We're the most equal we've ever been in time. In time. In right. history. So I don't want to say again. Like we have we so some, much we work to, to do. Right. <laughs> but like human rights movements. Right. Um, for the first time in history, there's no country in the world with legal slavery. That's a fucking win, if you ask me. Like, that shit was hard, right? Like, that's terrible. Right. For the first time in history, we don't have that. Racial tolerance is also at an all-time high in every sense. I mean, we have no segregation. We were talking to your mom yesterday about, like, just going through a time where literally you couldn't drink out of the same water fountain. You right. couldn't. You, I mean, when we were in high school, which would have been in the 90s, there was a term called jungle fever if you were in an in interracial relationship. Right. Like we're in a time now that's 30 years later where nobody really cares about that. You're right. going to get some racist people, but that's not the bulk of the representation. And that's right. what we're trying to talk to you about. 
Um, women, we have more rights than ever. We currently make up 40% of the global labor force. Do you know in the 50s, my grandmothers, like, we, they couldn't even really work. They right. let alone make enough money to support all their children. If their husbands died or something like that, it was like it took a village, right? right. So we now, look, again, we have so much work to go with equality and pay, but we make up 40% of the labor force. That's yeah. pretty great, right? Yeah, that's great. And More you know, places have decriminalized homosexuality than at any point in history. That's a huge thing to celebrate. Right. You know, like we work with someone, we know someone, a family member that's gay. Like that wasn't something that you can outwardly be in the 70s and 80s, which is just in our lifetime. To me, that's an epic win. Yeah. And, and I think that you're now seeing even organizations, you're seeing companies uh, on the side of equality mm -hmm. and making changes in how they hire and making changes in how they uh, respond to things that they find outrageous, like George Floyd. You saw what right. Target did. You see a lot of these organizations standing up and saying, hey, you know, we're not going to we're not going to just sit back and be silent. And so I think those things are all encouraging things, yep. because I think when people think about if the world is worse, they don't take in everything that, that like you have to take in. Like equality is a yeah. big one to, to talk about. And, and just to give a little bit more context of how, how people, 65% of Americans think the world is getting worse. Yeah, that's Only 11% of Americans think things are getting better. Well, So like this is a, like a thing. Yeah. Right. Well, to give you kind of context of another reason why we're talking about this is because we went to go see the Elvis movie. Right? right. And I didn't know all the history that Elvis went through, like his father went to prison. So when there was no income for their fa their family, they were forced. Elvis and his mom yeah. were put in a black neighborhood. So right. all of his friends growing up were black. He grew up in a black church around black music. So that's where his kind of love for that came from. He had black friends like B.B. King and, you know, many others who were like, listen, white boy, like you got to bring this music to life. This is the only way that we'll be able to kind of bridge the gaps of, you know, racial equality. Right. Got arrested for playing black music, right. which is insane. This is in our lifetime, like in our lifetime, people. I cannot right. stress this enough. So also in our lifetime, Martin Luther, not in our lifetime, but in our parents' lifetime, Martin Luther King assassinated. Can you imagine if right. someone was like assassinated, let alone on live television during a speech? Like that would be catastrophic for us, right? right? Let alone your president, JFK, getting yep. assassinated. Like, so when we look then back brother, at all of this, Kennedy, right? Like, uh, yeah. I just go, I, I don't think we're living in the worst time ever. Right. I just don't. So moving on to number three, men treat women better than ever. Granted, y'all got some learning to do, <laughs> but I would venture to say, especially we have social media, like mm -hmm. women are putting their boyfriends on blast if they're like not treating them right. But you can't slap a woman anymore. Like you're not beaten down. Granted, this right. happens, but the bulk of the world is like, yeah, you're not going to touch us. Yeah. Like We've never had that before in history because we've never had rights. Right, right. So I don't know. I know that we're hearing about like campus rapists and, you know, sexual assault and things like that on the news, but it's less common today than ever before. So the 1900 sexual assault was widespread, right? I just remember you were either getting molested by a family member, you were getting raped by someone on the street. I mean, the Night Stalker, we saw all of those documentaries. 
it's down an estimated, today, the number is down to an estimated 200 out of every 100,000 women, which is a huge leap mm. in just 20 years. Yeah. So that makes me really happy. So to me, it's, it, that's, that's showing that the consciousness of, of men mm -hmm. has evolved over time, right? And they starting to see women as equals or starting to see women as human beings. Not property. Right? Not property, uh -huh. not someone beneath them that you can treat a certain way. But you also see men that helping. Is, that is a progression. Yeah. That is an evolution. And so those are things that I think people like lose sight of right. because they, they obviously they get caught up in the headlines yeah. and they see, you know, a Javier Weinstein, they see like all these things that yeah. women that are being sexualized. Epstein, like being se yeah, and those things happen, right? right? You know, these things are real. R. Put Kelly, R. Kelly in jail right, for 30 are years. Are real. But people like that used to get away with it. Right. Can we say conversely, though, we have women who are signing up to be strippers and they're OK with it. Yeah. This is how I want to put myself through college and, you know, respect the feminist movement. And yeah. it is what it is. So we're right. taking control of our sexuality and the way that men look at us. So it says men are treating women, their wives and their girlfriends better than ever in history. Um, and there's about a third as many men who are abusive with their wives or girlfriends as ever before in history compared to 20 years ago. And that's kind of paying off for them because today there are fewer women than ever who are murdering their husbands. Fun wow. fact. Well, yeah. And You're I welcome think, for that. And women are hitting the weight room. You, you can't just be, you know, <laughs> slapping people around and not having some repercussions. It's going to be some furniture moving. That's right. <laughs> Moving on to number four, children are safer than ever. I got to tell you, this one's kind of triggering because obviously we just had the school shooting and that happens frequently. But I have a friend who I love dearly. She's actually the mother of some of my kids' friends. Mm -hmm. And when the kids were in elementary school, she would freak out if I told them to walk home from school. <laughs> And like literally call me and say, I picked up your kids. Don't let them walk home. The world's a terrible place. Although I appreciated her giving my kids a ride, you know, home, mm -hmm. I wanted them to learn that the world was not full of, you know, predators and people right. who were going to kidnap you. You should be able to walk a half a block home, you know, safely, considering we left the house at like nine o'clock in the morning, rode miles away on our right. bikes, played until Gone the nighttime. All day. Yeah. And that was when um, kidnappings were at an all-time high. Like, we're right. still finding people that right. were kidnapped when we were kids, right? So I don't think that it's a terrible time to let your kids walk home from school. So lots of parents worry about their kids' safety. I get it. We've built ourselves up to a state of fear. Makes us think that there's tons of molesters and kidnappers and stuff like that. But it's just simply not true. Crime rates in the U.S. are lower than ever. As a matter of fact, there's so many more fewer predators stalking children. Right now, a child has a 1.5, 1 in 1.5 million chance of being abducted. And only 3.1% of those abductions are actually by strangers. Wow. So if someone's snatching up your kid, it's your crazy ex. <sighs> it's like somebody that's part of the family because only 3% of those are actually strangers. Right. That's and insane. could you imagine this? And here's here's something really interesting. Could you imagine this? That 250 years ago, I know mm -hmm. it's a long time ago, but a third of children in the world's richest countries did not live to see their fifth birthday. So could you imagine one out of every five three kids? kids? No, a third. Oh. So one out of three kids. My heart hurts. Right? People. Yeah. Like we this live is in a perspective. Better time. We we yeah. live in a much, much better time. Also, right? physical and sexual abuse against children are all at all time like low records 
Because I think kids now, they're going to call like 911 on you. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. if you just make them do too many chores, they're going to call CPS. Oh, yeah. There's like a whole do, you know, chore movement. Yeah. yeah like it's crazy. Like, Anti-chore. <laughs> that's another kind of like we should talk about that in another episode because that's a little bit triggering for me. I think kids need to know how to mop floors, but whatever. That's me. So moving on to number five, there are more U.S. entrepreneurs than ever before in history. More people are registering their small businesses, whether it's a side hustle, they're leaving their corporate jobs. After the pandemic, the number shot up like crazy. Right. That's amazing. That's and that's, To me, that's another sign of a mindset of like capabilities, mm-hmm. right? So people think that they're more capable or they believe that they're more capable. They feel like they have the intelligence to do something um, that they have always relied on companies to do for them and yeah. that's to provide a life, right? Yeah. And so that's huge. Well, here's this though. We have so many people talking about like big businesses like Amazon and Walmart are ruining things for small businesses, right? But it's simply not true because the U.S. actually has more entrepreneurs than ever before in history, more registered businesses than ever before in history. Here's why. The internet. Mm. So now people can work online. They can work from wherever. They're able to start their own companies like with very little capital. And there's so many ways to make money, right? You could be a content creator. You could be a podcaster. You could have a YouTube channel. Like there's so many ways to make money. These people are registering their businesses and they are considered entrepreneurs more before than ever in history. Yeah. So I don't want to hear that like the <laughs> the big businesses are destroying small businesses. Granted, I know because I owned a bakery. Yes, Walmart can sell cookies for way less than my bakery, but I also have to have some sort of cool value proposition and get people to come support me, which now more than ever with social media, you can have a cult-like following that a Walmart or a large right. chain cannot have. And I think that the globalization of the world has made it now that you can have the same access to suppliers internationally to get things for less and cheaper so that you can compete at certain levels with, with the big companies out there. So I think that the internet, the globalization of the of the economy has made it so that it is now, now I won't say a level fight, mm-hmm. but you can put up a really great fight if you have really great quality of products. Right. And I think that before there was a lot of times you had no chance. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have microbreweries. We've got, you know, coffee places that we coach and mentor these small businesses and they're killing Starbucks in their neighborhood because people want to support local and small. Yeah. I remember my cousin was trying to make tennis shoes Mm -hmm. and like, if it wasn't for the (laughs) internet, like he, he actually got contacted some designer in China. They actually created and like made a shoe for Mm -hmm. him. Could you imagine doing that just in the eighties? Yeah. Like, what would you have? You would have to fly your ass all the way to China just to get, like, the the specifications and what you were trying to do. There was no, like... You couldn't do that. (laughs) Also, yeah, you couldn't be Nike unless you had money. But also, like, let's just be real. Like, they if you want to start a t-shirt company back in the day, you'd have to buy all of your t-shirts. You'd have to find a printer. You're sitting on tons of inventory, lots of startup capital. There's print on demand now. You could have a t-shirt store just with a website, and you work with one company, and the customer pays the company directly it gets auto shipped you don't even have to package it right like that is absurd to me that people can just like have these businesses make money yet we make more money than ever before in history yet people are so like 
upset. You know? Yeah. Uh, I need to make more money. Well, you better get online. There's a million businesses that right. you could register to make money. 100%. Moving on to number six. This one requires some explanation, but democracy is more widespread than ever. So a lot of people are complaining about our democratic process, right? Right. But the beauty of a democratic process is that everybody's voice matters. Right. And so now more than ever, you hear the complaints from all sides because you're allowed to actually complain. You're allowed to voice your opinion. You're allowed to choose a side. You're allowed to have conversations, to post what you want on your social media. And you can have your own opinion, a.k.a. freedom of voice. Right. And that was not always the case in our like lifetime. No, I mean, I remember when we had the USSR. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember like when I was a kid, like, oh, that was a communist country. Uh-huh. right? And obviously there's still communist countries there. But now you have more democratic countries across the world, which means that people now, to your point, they have a voice. They have a way of like asking for and, and using their ballot to get the changes that they right. want in this world and for their communities and yeah. for their countries. And that's huge because this experiment of democracy is slow. It's aggravating. Like it's sometimes can be divisive, but I would choose this over any other system of government because you have a voice, you have an opportunity. You may have four, eight years of a time where you're like, my party's not there, but you know, you have an opportunity the next four years. And let's be real. It's a democratic majority vote. So like if, you know, half the country says, "Mm, we don't really like your opinion, then we got to just suck it up sometimes. And maybe you're not on the right side of the coin. Right. We've been there. Yeah. Everybody listening to this has been there. But what would be the alternative? Like a dictatorship? Right. Would that be fun? No. That would not be fun. <laughs> I would not want my voice to some, be silenced. Some authoritarian, like, you know, that would not go well with my personality. No, mine neither. <laughs> All right, moving on to number seven. Fewer people live in poverty than ever before. So today there are 702 million impoverished people, although that sounds like a lot because these people only live on $1.25 per day. They make up only 9.6% of the world's population. Yes, that still sounds like a lot. 10% of the world is impoverished, right? Right. But if you compare that to 1820, which is just a couple hundred years ago, 94% of the world lived in extreme poverty. And I'm talking like no running water, right? Right. (laughs) Mind-blowing to me. So poverty rates have steadily and consistently gone down, and they're at the lowest they've ever been. And I just think that that's crazy. That, you know, we still we still have people that are starving. We still can do so much. There's right. still organizations that are trying to end world hunger and child hunger and things right. like that. But we've come such a long way. And I think we have to celebrate that. Yeah. And I think because the fact that like one of the things we touched on is globalization, we touched on the Internet, but productivity and having the ability to, to work now is available to more and more people, Mm -hmm. right? And so other countries now who would not, because of our technologies, be able to trade goods and services now can do that. Now, is it perfect? No, right? Well, one of our best employees works in the Philippines. Right. She's fantastic and she makes good American dollars, but that wasn't always the case. And so this is why, you know, we're fewer people are living in poverty than ever before. I think that that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you think about the fact that we have options. This, yeah, this person who who we've hired, she lives in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. She's able to get on her computer. Mm-hmm. She learned English, and now she's able to probably be well paid 
in a, in a country that's not the most richest right. country, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's probably living in a probably mid to upper class life, lifestyle. And she does work for, on, online, yeah. right? People, the, the opportunities are endless yeah. right we now. We just have to kind of look for them. Right. Um, number eight, we're healthier than ever. So today, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but the life expectancy from 1990 to 2016 has increased by more than six years. We're living so much longer, right? That creates problems, though, like Social Security. They say Social Security is going to run out. Why? Because when we developed a system like Social Security, we were not living that long. And so it was like, okay, well, past this age, you're probably going to die soon. So we'll give you some money and let you kind of retire. Now, y'all are living to like 80 and 90. Like you cannot be on Social Security longer than you were actually employed, right? right? And so we're having to redo a lot of the structures that we have in place when we weren't living longer. And the list goes on and on with health. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So people, less people die from cancer, mm-hmm. right? Mind you, there are people who still die, but less people die from mm-hmm. it. And I think that there's a sense of confidence if you're diagnosed that you have a good chance of beating it. At least getting care. Right, exactly. And I think that even just 15 years ago, if you heard you had cancer, you thought it was a death sentence. Right. Same thing for HIV. Right. Right. People have lived, you know, look at Magic Johnson. Look at Mm -hmm. individuals have lived prosperous, healthy lives um, with the right type of medications. And so the technology and the medications that we have, not to mention the information update that we got, right? right? So we all used to live off the food pyramid and then we didn't realize, oh my God. They lied to us. Yeah, they lied to us. All that bread bread and dairy is Mm -hmm. is giving us cancer. So the information update uh, just simply by technology, internet as well. Now we are living healthier lives. We have more options Mm -hmm. when it comes to what we eat. I mean, did our grandparents have almond milk? Hell no. No. Or they oat, have milk, oat milk. Pea Hell milk. no. They they had if they had a stomach ache from milk, they just dealt with it. Right. Right. They didn't know that the sandwiches they were making every single day was contributing to their diabetes. Mm-hmm. We do know that now. Right. Right. We have technologies. We have watches on our arms that tell us if we're having heart issues. Yeah. Right. We have so much from a health standpoint that keeps us healthy if we're paying attention. Now we can get get in a car and go to the gym for less than ten dollars a month. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's insane. Like 100%. how many fit chicks do you know on not you, but on social media? That have inspired young women to say, you know what? I'm going to go lift a weight. Right. Like just our moms alone, like they've only ever been cardio bunnies. Right. They don't lift weights. Right. Right. So I think we're stronger. We're healthier than ever. Women included. And then let's talk about child mortality. Child mortality is down by more than 50%. Yeah. I cannot imagine losing half of the kids that are born right now. Death and childbirth is now rare. Another fun fact, teen pregnancies and births are down from 2007 to 2016 by 50%. Yeah. So when we were teenagers, I mean, people were getting pregnant left and right. Right. Maybe our generation was broken, like all they cared about was sex in high school. I don't know. But these kids nowadays, they're not getting pregnant. Right. So we can't be talking about how terrible these kids are because they are not getting pregnant. They have less STDs. Well, they're not getting pregnant and they're not having babies either. Also, the abortion rate is down, too, for teen pregnancies like crazy. Seriously down. Like it's almost non-existent compared to where it was 20 years ago. That's insane. 
let's see, people have been getting taller for centuries, <laughs> which is crazy. That's right. like, well, what are you But that's feeding? another sign of health, mm -hmm. right? You know, and I think like, the, like when you go back and you think about what you said about the abortion thing, and I know we just on the heels of uh, Roe v. Wade. Still sensitive. Still sensitive, right? But you think about, and I want everyone listening to this, no matter if you're on the right side of this, left side of this, center side, doesn't matter. But it's the, you have to start paying attention to who you are paying attention to, mm -hmm. right? And you have individuals that are hyperbolic around things and they make situations bigger than they mm -hmm. actually really are to get your vote, to get you to, to influence you. You've ever been in an argument where someone exaggerates to make a point? Mm -hmm. Well, think about what a politician does to get right. a vote. And I think that what happens is, is that we get these into these battles and these conversations about several different things out there, whether it be conservative vantage points or whether it be a li more liberal vantage points. But we're usually getting the most exaggerated version of it mm -hmm. so that we get all up in arms, right? right. So we get Media emotionally- wants you to go crazy. Yeah, we get emotionally charged mm -hmm. by something and we feel like, oh my God, the world's coming to end. Look what, look what all these people mm -hmm. are doing when we're really dealing with very small percentages of things, right? Yeah. So I just want everyone to kind of have that perspective. Otherwise- You'll lose your mind every right. every day you watch the news. Uh, last thing about health, and which I'm really, really happy for because my grandfather died from lung cancer, is less people are smoking. Uh, there yeah. were, That goes back to we're smarter, right. right? Because why would you put fire in your mouth anyways? <laughs> well, it was so funny because, yeah, I, I, when I see cigarette smoke, I, I, I'm always thinking it's kind of odd because you should the facts are in, right? right. You don't have to say you didn't know. Like our we're not judging you, but we right. are because you know now that it's very unhealthy. Right. Our grandparents didn't know, right? Right? We know, mm -hmm. and you then, know, yeah, I know. <laughs> but what's funny is this vaping thing started coming out. I would say probably about six or seven, maybe maybe ten years ago, mm -hmm. right? People started vaping, mm -hmm. and I remember I worked with someone who had who was like had a vaping shop, and mm -hmm. I was like. Why do you have a vaping shop? He said, because oh, my my grand my father died from um, smoking cigarettes. Mm -hmm. So uh, vaping is safer. And I said, it is? Mm -hmm. Like he said, yeah, it's safer for you. It's just smoke it's, or it's just steam or whatever. And I I swear to God, literally five years later, we're like, vaping's bad for you. Yeah, it's blowing up in people's faces. It's blowing in the face, but it's also got nicotine. Right. And so it's leading to cancers and stuff like that. But my point is, is we found that out really quickly. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like you went 30 years yeah. like cigarettes and everybody's just puffing away and, and, and they're watching TV and, and everybody, every actor is smoking. And then all of a sudden they go, the, the hoax is in. You're actually going to get, you're going to die from this. We yeah. found out really quickly. It's another testament of like how things have improved. Yeah. Right. We would have, it would have took 20 years to find out that vaping was bad. Now we found out like that. Yeah. Agree. Moving on to number nine, which makes me really happy. We're smarter than ever. Yeah. Like think about the fact that right now you and I, when we started our personal development journey, like we were finding Earl Nightingale yeah. and Les Brown and Napoleon Hill and all these people who were like from back in the day. Yeah. But you like our parents didn't have access to that. They didn't have money. They weren't buying these cassette tapes. They weren't able to go to these very, very elite conferences at the time to take this information in, right? Or to gain access to this information. We have podcasts. Right. We have conferences, masterminds, the internet. We've got books that you can get delivered from audio Amazon books. overnight. <laughs> We've got audiobooks, apps like Headway. Like we have so many things that can educate you. We are smarter than ever before in history. Right. And 
like if you don't believe that, you should have a conversation with someone who's 14 to 20 years old. They know way more shit than you knew yeah. when you were 14 to 20. Let me tell you, like we were talking about the fact that when we were 16, 17, we didn't really understand politics. Right. We didn't really understand, you know, credit building and all of that stuff until it was like, oh, shit, I'm an adult now. I got to figure this out. These kids literally have access to all of this stuff now. Yeah. Granted, we have to be good parents and kind of lead them to the right information and still guide them. But they're having conversations. I know I damn sure wasn't having at 14 years old. Right, right. And I was really mature. Yeah. And I think it's, it's super important to understand this, too, because the the one thing that I think that we have to be careful of, mm -hmm. right, that may not be as good as it was back then. Okay. Is I think it's our ability to have mental toughness mm -hmm. and I think our ability to to handle tough situations. Yep. And what I mean by that is we live in a state of anxiety as a, as a society. And part of it is because we have so many options. Mm -hmm. We have all the things we talked about, right? And because you are not worrying truly, truly fearful of your life every single day. Or survival. Or, or survival, or if you're going to get your next meal. Mm -hmm. Now you're worried about the social things mm -hmm. that really haunt you every single day yeah. that our kids deal with, that we deal with. And that is really what's was hurting us, yeah. right? Is our inability to actually handle things in a very smart way, in a way that is helpful and healthy for ourselves. And so I will probably say that things that are on the rise are our mental health, mm -hmm. right? So our depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. those things are probably far higher than they've ever been. Because I think that when you have less options, Right. You and got other more things, shit to worry about. You got, yeah, you got real problems mm -hmm. to worry about. Where's my next meal coming? Mm -hmm. How am I going to feed my family? Uh, and are we really safe? I lost three children, mm -hmm. you know, and how many, you, you talk about your, your, your grandparents having like, mm -hmm. you know, they had eight kids, but they lost four. Right. Like, you, like and, but they were still able to yeah. get up every single day and be productive and find happiness and learn and other languages. A, and, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's a generalization, yeah. but I think for the most part, like people, handled their shit yeah. right and so what we have to find out is like can we have all these options can we have all this technology and still have and mental still have, and emotional right, toughness right and, no and, <laughs> we cannot it has been proven it's, but it's almost like we the reason why we're having this conversation is because we have created so many mm -hmm. problems that don't really exist to validate how we feel mm -hmm. right you know why i think though that we we're struggling as a world now with like depression, anxiety, things like that is because we have a name for it. Mm. Like we didn't have access. Like I, if I knew half the stuff that I was going through as a kid, if I had words to know that other people were also going through it and there was a diagnosis for it and people were on medication, I, I don't know that I would have like lived to right. see today, you right. know, like, there's just things that you kind of go through and when you feel isolated, and I'm not saying that's right, but I'm saying I didn't have any other choice but to push through. You know, there was no calling uh, child services. There's no like, there's right. none of that stuff. You just have to kind of figure out a way to kind of push through. And yeah, and I think and I think someone that would be a devil's advocate of that would say, well, they didn't have words for it, but they drunk themselves to a stupor, right? Or maybe mm -hmm. they just committed suicide. But the thing is, is that it's a double-edged sword. Like to have a name for something is to actually be able to identify it, is to actually be able to get to a place of understanding so that you can take action to improve your situation. Mm -hmm. But I think what we're seeing now is to your point is we name it and people become it. They identify as it. 
instead of a behavior that they experience, right? Mm-hmm. And, I'll, and, and it's one of the things I know therapists talk about this all the time. You're not depressed. You're experiencing depression, mm-hmm. right? And you have to separate that from yourself. But I think when we get these words and these diagnoses in the wrong hands of people who should not be self-diagnosing themselves, then you get to this place where they end up like manifesting it. Yeah. They, be- they become the thing that they've actually self-identified as. And I did just look it up and the suicide rate in the U.S. is up by an increasingly alarming amount. And right. so I, you know, I, I don't have words for that. I don't have, you know, any answers for that, but... I think what we did in this podcast is kind of wanted you to try on the idea that we're living in one of the greatest times. We are living in the greatest time to be alive than ever before in history. If we compare our lives and our circumstances and our privileges and our freedoms to those of our parents, let alone our grandparents or great grandparents, we have the highest amount of freedoms and equality and equal pay and all of those things than ever before in history. And so again, in closing, we're not saying the world is perfect. We're not saying we don't complain about a lot of the shit that's happening in the world, right? We got global, like we We have have some issues. Other issues that, you know, were not a problem back in the day um, that we have to figure out how to fix for the sake of our kids and our grandkids and things like that. Um, so it's not perfect, but I will say it's safer. We're smarter. We should be more resourceful and we should leverage all the opportunity that we have around us. That's what I'll say about that. hundred percent. And I agree with you 1000%. And, um, you know, I'm okay with the world. I, I want us to get better. I do. Oh, we have to we, get better. We, we, we've got to get away yep. from all this fossil fuels and stuff like that to ruin the environment. Like, you know. Things are getting hotter. Water is, you know, our oceans are rising. Mm-hmm. Like those are, I don't think I actually understood how like powerful it is and how devastating it could be until most recently. Like yeah. just seeing and reading about some of the things. I'm just like, well, because we're educating right. ourselves, right? And so, like, we have to do something about mm-hmm. it because uh, if we don't, then it's going to get real bad real right. quick, right? Well, the so, ocean. I mean, right. we watch documentaries on that. It's terrible what's happening to the wildlife. And I'm not the most obsessed with animals, but right. Jesus, I don't want these animals to be extinct, right. especially because we're the cause of that, right? right? So, yeah, so much to talk about and unpack. If this episode was helpful for you, please Take a couple of seconds to leave a review. We really want your feedback. Uh, send us a DM, connect with us on Instagram, on YouTube, and let us know what your thoughts are. But yep. really look at your life in comparison to your parents, your grandparents, everybody who's living, and let us know if any of this kind of swayed some of the conversations you'll be having. I hope that it improves your language. Right. Stop saying the world's a terrible place and, you know, it's going to shit and we're all dying. Like, don't do that. Right. And I and I think you need to advocate. Well, we will die. Right. But I do think you need to, the things we talked about, even though they're improving, you still need to advocate for these things. You have to advocate for more equality. You have to advocate yes. for the ability to have, for You're folks right. to, who are under underprivileged to have opportunities. And I think the reason why the world's getting better is because people are, their voices are being heard. Mm-hmm. They're stronger than ever. So you still have to fight for these things. We have to but get I out can't, and vote. But you, but yeah, but you can't sit back and say mm-hmm. the world is getting, it's horrible, right. it's going to shit and, and, and there's no hope. Yeah. The reason why you fight is because you believe there is hope. Yeah. And get out and vote. You know, yeah. voice your opinion if you're unhappy about something. Encourage others to vote. You don't have to cram your opinion down their throat. But I think like, now more than ever, we have the right to vote. 
Yeah. Jordan just started working. She's 16, almost 17. And she said, I think that it's safe to say that if I am a contributing member to society and I am paying taxes now because I have my first job, I should be allowed to vote. Yeah. I thought that was a great, great. you know, and then she goes, but then there's other 16 year olds who aren't (laughs) aren't about shit, who probably should not, you know. But that's an interesting thing. Like maybe in the next 20 years, you might get to be a contributing yeah. member and then you get to vote. And the last thing I'll say is this. I just want to get rid of this whole taboo of not talking about politics mm. and, and real issues. I think it's illogical to sit back and say we're not going to talk about real things. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about like debate. I'm talking about a, a, an intelligent conversation where you disagree. Like I have a couple of friends that we get to, to get together and we're able to have mm-hmm. really great conversations and f- firmly disagree right. on on sp- very specific topics. And But I think every single time I have that conversation, I walk away with a better understanding of something. And sometimes it sways me to a different uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. But we're in this place now where we feel like we cannot have a discussion because we get too emotional, we get too charged, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden and we shut down. And then we, we're asking for change and we're asking for people to evolve, but we don't want to talk about it. Yeah. So now we've got this- I di- think it's a guy thing, it's honestly. A device, it's a divisive- it's, No, because look at our politics. Yeah. We can't agree on anything. We can't get solid things done- But you're a good communicator. a conversation. And so. I think we're both really good at trying on ideas, but there are certain you know people that- want to cram down like there this is right and if you think any other way then you are wrong well yeah we got to get away from that well you got to get away from a belief argument and get to a facts argument right and so you have to like pretend like you were in debate class and you have to state the argument with some correct right don't sit there and just tell me what you believe tell me what is actually factual so that we can like break things down and we can find out what's really going on so that's my little piece. That's so, my little yeah. rant. Share this y'all. podcast if this was helpful. Um, share it with your kids. Share it with your grandmother, somebody. But let us know what your thoughts are. And we hope that you continue to push through. And remember, the world is a great place. There's people Make like you. People like you. For, for you and for me and the entire human race. race. See, Michael Jackson had, had it right the first time. Oh, God. Okay. Have a good one, you guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Push through. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time, push through.